Hey, this is Will from Horse of Horror, and you're about to watch our episode on Annihilation with Lucy and a special guest. But before that, uh, I would like to provide some content warnings for uh, this said episode. This episode concludes uh, depictions of addiction, suicide, torture, self-harm, cancer, medical equipment, possession, body horror, and body dysmorphia. If these topics are too, um, too much for you, please do not force yourself to watch this episode and uh, um, take care of yourself. Um, but if you are um, willing to watch it and if you feel comfortable with that, um, thank you. And uh, please enjoy the show. Welcome to Horse for Horror. This is a podcast where three friends get together and talk about what they're watching the world of horror. I'm Lucille, but instead, it's actually not uh, three friends today because Tabs and Will are out today. But to make up for that, I have a uh, special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? I am uh, Acha, they, them pronouns. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, welcome, I... to the, welcome to the show, Acha. It's great to have you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So I wanted to um, record an episode because um, we, um, most, the crew, we've all been pretty busy. Tabs has been going through school, and because of that, like, we haven't really been able to record. But I've wanted to record an episode for so long, and I was talking with Acha about some movies, and I, and we kind of realized, like, hey... We kind of want to talk about one on the podcast. I wanted to have them on the on like as a guest for the podcast, and I made I talked to um, I talked to everyone if, if that was okay. If it was just me and them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, go for it." So today, um, I, I was about to say we watched, we didn't watch today, but today we are talking about Annihilation, um, twenty eighteen Alex Garland film, mm-hmm. um, and we watched this a couple of days ago, um. I actually had to watch this movie again because we were originally just watching this um, on our on our own, and then it wasn't until afterwards that I remembered, oh shoot, we were gonna do this for the podcast because <laughs> you were taking notes the whole time, and I was like, oh yeah. gosh, so I don't watch it again. But yeah, um, is there any reason? Because I know we we we've talked about this quite a few times, but like, is there? a reason in particular why this film like stands out to you so much that you wanted to like that when when I asked if you wanted to be on the podcast you wanted to cover this uh for one because uh I really wanted to do the thing but you already did the thing so Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but I feel like uh, this movie is a very nice companion piece to the thing it has a lot of similar it has a lot of similarities um, you have a yeah. isolated from the rest of the world. You have a, this kind of like a, a team in the middle of nowhere. But the circumstances are very different. And But there is also like a theme of assimilation. I don't know. It's... Yeah. It's complicated. But um, also another reason that I wanted to talk about it is more just to like finally cement my ideas about it because otherwise i'm just like yeah that movie sure was a movie 
and I want to be yeah. able to yeah I want to be able to articulate why I enjoy something in particular. Yeah, that was, that's kind of another big thing for me. I think I even mentioned after we talked about it or after we watched it that um, I've seen this movie quite a few times now, and I still have such a hard time trying to articulate how it's. I just I know that. I, I'm gonna say right off the bat, I adore this movie. This is probably one of my favorite movies. Um, I would even say I would even go as far to say maybe I I I don't know if I like it better than Saw, but it is definitely up there. Um, and the reason why I I didn't choose this for Saw so just instead of like Saw was there's a lot of debate as to whether or not Annihilation is actually a horror movie. And I'm here to just say right now, this is, it is a hard sci-fi movie without a doubt, but it is also without a doubt, I think one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Like, uh, it is, yeah, yeah. like it is absolutely, I wouldn't say that it's, it's a hard sci-fi, but that's for my own reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, why don't we just, um. Yeah, like I've seen this a few times, and it and it's really hard for me to talk talk about because I don't entirely know everything that's happening. So I think uh, this would be a good conversation to go through this. So um, you want to just want to just jump right into the Let's plot? Jump right into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the movie begins with the framing device of an interrogation. Sure. It is probably in the script, it was written as a kind of a debriefing or whatever. But basically, we start with the protagonist, uh, Lena, who is played by um, uh, brain, Natalie Portman? Natalie, yep, Natalie yes. Portman. Uh, Prince, uh, Princess Amygdala. Um, yep. Also, uh, um, also, I. Also, I guess other people in horror would know her as the uh, protagonist in Black Swan. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I actually have to watch Black Swan uh, soonish, But, yeah. Um, so, the whole framing device of the movie is that the uh, there is one single, like, um, doctor, undisclosed name, who is wearing, like, a full hazmat suit interviewing her and they're in like one closed off room and there are like and it's like a swarm of doctors on the glass on the other side of the the, on the other side of the glass so even though something happened (laughs) yeah so just and it starts like this it starts with this idea of scientists kind of like poking and prodding at her like trying to figure out just what it is that happened just what it is that is going on yeah they specifically also um the uh the doctor in question uh i don't remember his name but he's played by a benedict Wan. um Mm. i believe uh most people would know him he um what's his character's What's his character's name? He's in Doctor Strange as um, um, he's he, he's just one in Doctor Strange. He's one in Doctor oh, Strange. Right. Um, but um, specifically, he mentions to her 
like he's like questioning her about like what she experienced and um mentions that she and her team were gone for months but to her it only felt like days maybe even weeks at the longest um, yeah absolute longest just like maybe two weeks but yeah so that so already something could be happened <laughs> yeah so basically the whole it already we already have this painting which is like the frame device so then we start from the beginning the real beginning from the point of view of uh lena the protagonist yes but also beforehand i feel like ish mentioned like beforehand like the title like the title drop happens but we see we see something soar down to earth and uh strike a lighthouse yes um before that happens yes, yes, yes. um no way that's gonna come back in any way shape or form no that's way there's no way just no way <laughs> impossible by the way yeah uh previous notes before we jump on um something that i know that uh, i like to uh, that i wrote down uh instead of providing help they essentially put her in a cell so you don't really see them actually trying to tend to her injuries or anything like that. Because she is somewhat injured. I actually don't recall right now. Uh, yeah. But, uh, like, instead of actually providing humane care, she is essentially, like, under, mi under a microscope. And there's this illusion of, like, a one-to-one -one conversation... But the reality is that this is an interrogation being done by an, an entire organization, not just this one researcher. Yeah, like with, with everyone, especially with everyone outside and just kind of just staying. Absolutely. It's, it, with, with, um, with, um, with uh, Benedict Wong's character, um, uh, Nick Lomax is his name, uh, I it up. Uh, with Lom with Lomax uh being in just a hazmat suit, it's like it's it's kinda ties into this whole thing of just like 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 they're they're kinda they're scared of her. I I, I, oh, I absolutely. sense like Oh like, absolutely. Because like the... whatever the heck she experienced, but yeah, specifically just um like just being in a hazmat suit, it's it's all like kind of an experiment to them, but like they have no idea what she could do or what happened to her so oh absolutely they are absolutely terrified of her they have it's like at first uh, you have this uh, you're probably given uh, this idea of like oh she was exposed to some kind of virus or something and you think that it's solely a medical thing but then uh, the, the researcher mentions this difference in the perception of time so well maybe it is biological but uh, mm -hmm, ha yeah. yeah. Uh, and another thing to note, the comet that streaks down uh, uh, to the, towards the lighthouse is not a comet because it is not leaving behind a vapor or a particle trail. It is leaving yeah. behind a trail of like rainbow colored almost gas. It, it is not a green, it is not red, it is not yellow, it is a combination of everything shifting in between. Color out of space kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. Um, oh. So after the title, we cut um, to three years um, 
uh, or like not not three years specifically the thing mentioned three years. Um, they I guess the timeline is specifically three years after the um it, the comet the the comet the um the the uh, particle strikes the lighthouse, but like before her mission, um, we see that Lena is a uh, professor at a university. Um, she is specifically um teaching her class about um cancer cells. Um which I think kind of plays plays a bit into and like saying th- th- how cancer cells multiply, which I think like plays I, I think plays in a bit later uh with um uh what which uh what's what's her name? Um Tessa Thompson's character, because I believe they mentioned um, that she has cancer. Guess uh hold on. Uh yeah. Sorry. Spoilers for annihilation. Um, oh yeah, spoilers for, we're going through the whole plot, so we even just spoilers yeah. for annihilation up at the top. <laughs> uh, let's see, Ventress, the psychiatrist, has a, a yes. cancer. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and... But cancer also is uh, like um, there's a there, when this movie came out, there was, there was a flood, and I do mean a flood of uh, YouTube videos that it went on and on, like ending explained what happened and all that as in you yeah. know good old uh, basic lack of media literacy kind of shit i specifically tried to avoid watching those not not to say that i don't think those videos have some worth but specifically i try to avoid watching those because i like to try and figure out like my own meaning about things see what like i can take away unless it's like a thing where i specifically have no idea like um but like i specifically don't try and watch those videos but yeah no shade to any of them but yeah there were so many of these when i was just some shame to some of them (laughs) yeah um but yeah i feel like if you're watching one of those videos for a plot synopsis that's fair um but if Mm -hmm. you're trusting somebody else to give you like an explanation for the metaphors and all that that's valuable but mm. <laughs> sometimes yeah. people just emerge with the worst possible takes from a movie so yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah yeah anyway um, um yeah one bigger uh, um this whole thing about cancer it they don't tell you the scene does not begin with uh, her telling uh, you that uh, like telling the audience uh, that it's a cancer cell it's specifically just talking about how a cell will reproduce, shows the process of mitosis, the spread of life, and this idea is basically drilled into the viewer. Despite everything, life demands survival. It is yes. not a question of, uh, oh, I'd rather not, or I will, blah, 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 blah. No, buddy, you're going to survive. Your cells demand it. This is an idea that yeah. is uh, like compulsory survival almost. Um, a lot of the characters in this movie have self-destructive tendencies or possibly, well, trigger warning for this shit, suicidal, uh, either ideation or like attempts. Yes. But um. nevertheless, they are still alive in some sense. I don't think that there is yeah. any character that uh, truly, absolutely dies 100% in this movie. I think 
maybe the closest one is um um Gina Rodriguez's character, I forget her name. Um possibly. I I'd say if there's any that's probably the closest. Yeah. Um that's because as far as well, well I'll get into that when we get there. Um, but, um so we learned that she's a teacher. Uh she's uh, giving this class and all that. Um and um, that scene uh, with her student sense, uh, she comes across uh, this other teacher, Dan, who seems to be friendly with her, and she seems to be friendly with him, but there is an unspoken tension in the air. Yeah. Uh, like a kind of very odd kind of awkwardness. Like, these are not just co-workers. Um, yeah. They... He specifically asks, like, hey, I'm, I'm having a barbecue. Do you want to come over? And she insists that she just wants to paint the bedroom. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, uh, in fact, this other teacher, as a fact, says, hey, it's already been a while. Why don't you? It won't kill you to just, like, into, like interact socially with others. But yeah. she is very adamant about it. Like I f- no feel like we should mention even, I feel like we should mention that we could we didn't say this. Um about like over a year ago her husband just went missing. Mm-hmm. Um he went on a, um some sort of mission and um just never returned. So he's basically just like, Hey, I think he specifically mentions how like to honor his memory you should like try and get out there and like be around people but she doesn't yeah. she doesn't want to because um guess she has she wants she wants to be she wants to be at the house and I, I i took this as she wants to be at the house in hopes that like one day he might return so like so like she like so then she doesn't miss so she doesn't miss that that's how i t- read um read it at least no, no that's fair um uh yeah this is uh, one of the things that i wrote down this idea of um, the cycle of life, right? Things demanding to survive, they adapt, they change. Nothing ever truly dies. Um, however, uh, Lena is not a part of this life cycle. She is not dynamic. She is static. She is stuck and almost haunted by losing her husband, Cain. Who is played by um, Oscar Isaac? You may yeah. know him as um, Poe Dameron from the Star Wars movies, or um, the Frico scientist guy from uh, um, Est Machina, Ex Machina. Yes, he is also going to be um, in. Um, I assume he's going to be in Spider Verse because there is a post credit sequence where he plays. Um, replace someone in spider-verse i specifically also knew him before this as um as um uh i there there's a character in drive that he plays i think he's carrie mulligan's boyfriend in drive oh um, you mean the uh the freaking the criminal guy yes yes um but yeah yeah um, um with that we oh another thing to point out um lena wasn't lying when she's talked about uh, like painting the house she is painting yeah, the house we, 
She, um, we we cut and she is painting the house. There's a Crosby, Stills, and Nash song yeah. playing. Uh-huh. Nash, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young song playing. And while she's painting the house, someone enters. Um, Like, we see the door open and we see someone walking. And we cut to see um, um, Lena painting in the bedroom. And she turns and looks at the door frame. And Kane just slowly walks into frame. He's like, just there. Kane, he's just there. Um, they, um, and she, she embraces him, but then immediately, immediately cuts to her questioning him about where he's been for the past year. Yeah, there's like a jump cut there, but, uh, yeah, like her initial instinct is just to, like, go to him and embrace, kiss, and all, but through it all, he does not seem to react at all. Yeah. Um, and then starts the questioning and to any question that Lena makes, uh, where were you? Uh, how, when did you get back? Um, did something happen? The only thing that he can say, like as, that he can answer is, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so something's clearly up and it's especially made so when um um uh Kane drinks some water and uh then says that um he's not feeling well and there's a bunch of blood in the glass and then immediately oh, yes. cuts to him in an ambulance to the hospital spitting up blood. Oh yeah. Um by the way, um what there's this idea of distortion and uh, mirrors because there's a very nice shot of uh, Lena handing Kane this glass of water, and the camera lingers on the shot of the glass of water specifically, and it shows how, like, their hands are kind of like reflected by the uh, glass, and so when it, it it creates this very odd effect in that it looks as though their hands are warped into one thing which connects to the song that is playing in the background which is something like they are one person they are two together and that yeah reminds me of that and that makes me think back again to this idea of the cell um when we were seeing uh, like um, this presentation that she was doing at her school um, you see mitosis which is one cell becomes two cells becomes four cells becomes and so on and so on to the power of and so on um, yeah. so there we go we it the movie a lot of people said like oh I have no idea what this movie is about but already you can already kind of like feel that this is a metaphor for somebody uh, suffering uh, with cancer or who has a loved one who is suffering uh, cancer. And yes. what also makes me think of that is because we already had this idea that Cain is dead. Killed mm -hmm. in action, even. Um, and now Cain is dying again. A sort and, of. And specifically now. She is, um, um, Lena, instead of just hearing that he might be dead, is watching him die in yes. front of her. 
blood is just pouring out of his mouth. Um, a sort of death in duplicate. Uh huh. So, with all that, calls an ambulance, is riding in the ambulance with him, um, and they are driving along the road. It's like really dark. And they're suddenly surrounded by the good old uh, FBI shit, men in black kind of like uh, uh, cars. Mm-hmm. I think there's a helicopter. I don't recall, but basically, yeah, like but... they force yeah. the ambulance to go off road, and uh, they are essentially holding Lena, the ambulance drivers, and Kane, who is still coughing up blood, at gunpoint, yeah. and then they just like tranquilize uh, Lena and blackout. Um we get a uh, Is this when we get the title card that says Area X or is that later? Yes, yes. Yes. Um we get a title card that says Area X and um we wake and Lena wakes up in a compound um with this uh uh with um with this character named Dr. Ventress who is um, who is part of an organization called the Southern Reach. Uh, Dr. Ventress is specifically played by uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, who um, I mainly know um, from... She's been, in a, she's been in quite a few stuff. She's been in... Uh, she was in The Hateful Eight, um, but I specifically know her as... Um, uh, as, um, as Dr. Girder in Possessor. Um, which she's basically just the same character um, as Ventress in the movie Possessor too. I also that that's that's a very good movie. Um, I, I I also really recommend that's recommend Possessor, but it is also very violent. But it is very good. Um, she specifically um, tells Lena that Kane was part of an expedition into a location that's outside of the compound called the Shimmer, um, which. Um, which formed over a few years from an from a surrounding lighthouse. Yep. Um, Basically expanding outward like a circle. Yes. Um and Kane is also the only person who has returned from the shimmer alive. Yeah. Nothing um, else rest- has ever returned. Not drones, not um animals, not uh, soldiers, not, not scientists, the rest nothing. of his team. Nothing. Only Kane. And now he's dying. And um, Ventress basically just decides, um, we need to know what's in there. We're going to send out a new team. And um, and we want uh, you, and we want you, Lena, to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because your husband was also to kind of complete your husband's mission, yep. so to speak. There's uh, also... Um... There is also a uh, flashback around this time, which gives it a, gives us just a little bit of insight into um, Lena's like mindset. She's like uh, talking to Kane, like it's a flashback to happier times in the relationship, and they start talking about um, the body, how uh, the cells uh, eventually die, and Lena mentions that. Aging is a mistake, a genetic mistake. It is not yes. something, it is something that occurs only because our genes are not perfect. So, 
Thank they you saw... for bringing this up. Yeah, the, so this... The, synop- the synopsis doesn't have these flashbacks, and I knew, and I wanted to talk about the flashbacks, but I didn't know when they yeah. happened. Thank I you ha- for bringing this up. I have notes, so I'll be piping in. Thank God. But yeah, this already gives you this idea that in Lena's mind, aging, the, the flow of time, almost, is unnatural or a mistake. Yeah. Um, Again, repeats the idea that she is not part of the cycle of life. Yes, and it, um, I think, also, like, fades in with the um, themes a lot as well, which there's a specific point in this movie that I want to talk about so much um, when we get there that I, I think it is such a beautiful moment um and i think like reinforce like how I, like how i feel about the movie but yeah like i will get i will talk i might i might talk for a while about when we get there oh um, certainly but but specifically um i don't know why i keep saying specifically <laughs> uh ventress um introduces um leaning to the rest of the team we have um josie um josie raddick who's played by tessa thompson um, she's a physicist. We have an anthropologist, Cassie Shepard, played by Tuva Nov- Novotny. Um, I do not recognize her in no, anything. Wait. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Cassie is a geomorphologist. I have geomorphologist. A, I, have, I have the list here. Hold on. The, we have the, the paramedic. You the IMDb plot synopsis is lying to me? Yeah... The oh the IMDb god. plot synopsis is lying to you. Oh my god. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> so yeah. Um, Annie, so... It's not so much that Ventress uh, uh, introduces uh, uh, Lena to these others. It's that Lena kind of like wanders into them while uh, like hanging out in this compound. Yeah. They already have uh, this idea that, okay, we're assembling a team. Uh, we're going to send them out there. And it is unspoken, but basically Lena is kind of like a hostage. She is not supposed mm-hmm. to leave the compound. She has no means of knowing where she even is. Um, yep. And there's also something uh, nicely done about uh, the use of color. Because the shimmer, just like the trail that uh, behind the comet, is visible. It is like... A film of, uh, like, it's like a, a thin film of uh, an oil slick, on. almost, in that it reflects color, and it has, like, this weird rainbow mix of uh, stuff, but it looks filthy, in a sense. Uh, like, a filthy rainbow, yeah. almost. It, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a physicist, a geo whatever geomorphologist geomorphologist and then a paramedic um anya thornson who is played by gina rodriguez um who um she's been around for a bit but i'm gonna be honest i really only i i only really know her because she was the voice of velma in school (laughs) seriously yeah i mean that's fair velma in school yeah um i don't i i i've She's been in some other stuff, but that, that's just what I know her from. She she was um, on Jane the Virgin for a few years. Um, but, but yeah, like I mainly know her in this and um, Scoop. But yeah. yeah. Um, 
and Lena, um, specifically. Why do I keep saying specifically? That's the word of the day. You, man. it's um, crutch words. It is how it is. Yeah. Um, she so, um kind of yeah. makes a mental choice to not tell um anyone about her connection to the mission. Yeah, uh, she does not is... mention anything about Kane. Specifically, yeah, like I... she, yeah, like she sits down <laughs> to like eat or whatever. Um, it's specifically Anya who approaches her and invites her to sit over with the team that's essentially leaving. Everybody's there except for Ventress. And there we meet Cassie, Josie, and all. Uh, also, by the yes. way, Anya's a lesbian. Hell yeah. Um, Let's go. And there are hints throughout the movie that Anya and Cassie had a fling. Specifically because you have the characters that call Cassie, like, Cass. Or, like, Doctor whatever. Uh, and Anya specifically, like, refers to Cassie as Cassie. Or, or what's the word that I'm looking for? There's a specific nickname that it, only Anya uses to refer to Cassie. Oh, uh, it's a variation of the name. Um, but yeah, every single I one of these it, individuals yeah. has fundamental, like, has problems, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, um, in order, Anya is a paramedic, uh, and she is a addict. It's not clear of what. It is implied to be probably some kind of either morphine or heroin or maybe even just an alcoholic. We don't know. Um, Cassie, the geomorphologist, um, her daughter died of uh, leukemia. So, here we go again with the idea of cancer and the death and the pain that it can cause. Yep. Josie, the physicist, uh, well, she... Li- there's a l- very explicit line in the, in the movie of the reason that she has long sleeves is to hide the scars. So, yes. self-harm. And then, yes. So, um, and uh, Lena as a biologist, has a specialty in cancer cells. So, the cancer metaphor is just rammed into you over and over and over. All over the place. Then, uh, we, uh, uh, step aside and we get a title card that says The Shimmer. Yep. Um, and that's, and the four of them head into The Shimmer, and it is, it is, like, it looks... Beautiful, like the it, it's such a like a cool shot of them walking in with the four of them on the ground, and then like yeah, just this big wall of like the of like what Acho is mentioning, just this like oil slick that's just reflecting every single color, and it's like moving, and they're like walking. In. It's so it's so cool. Oh yeah. Um, walking Absolutely. in, they um the land is um comprised of a bunch of plant based organisms. Um, there's a lot of plants everywhere. Um, none of their gear works. They don't know how they, um, it, after yeah. four days pass and they have no idea how they got there. Their there GPS are... doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, basically, like, when the camera, they walk into, there's like this shot of them walking from the compound to the shimmer. And, oh, by the way, 
the shimmer is a has the there's this uh, ink there's like this looming threat that the shimmer is going to continue expanding until goodness knows it'll probably they already had to evacuate one small town under the premise of a gas leak or whatever um, but the shimmer is still expanding they need to stop it somehow so they're just throwing whatever they can at it and figuring and trying to figure out just what the fuck is going to work because pretty soon it's going to start to like expanding into heavily populated areas and there's no telling when it will stop expanding yeah um, um. so that's a threat um, Lena is not originally part of this expedition but she approaches um, Ventress to be a part of it Ventress is asking why and basically Lena her motivation in this moment is in a sense, almost to... to uh, she says that it's uh, the only way that she can help Kane, Which, I'll get back to that later. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they're wandering through the Shimmer. Um, they're, they're documenting their their findings through cameras. But yeah, like, a lot of their equipment doesn't work. Um, they... Um, they walk past a shack, and um, something just... Um, leaps out and pulls um, Radic, um, Josie into the sh- into the shack and like tries to drown her, um, and they and um, they um, Lena saves her, and um, they what do they find coming out of the water but a but an alligator yep. that is just does not look natural. It is like pale covered in blood yeah it's like an albino alligator and even before they start shooting it already looks wounded as though it has already been killed but it's still going yeah um so lena shoots it um shoots it dead and they open the mouth and so there's there's the gator teeth but then further down the throat there's another set of teeth and I be- I don't know if they mentioned this move, but it specifically is shark teeth. Yeah. Um, um, basically, and... even before this, um, while they were walking into this like swamp area, uh, Lena actually like points out that the flowers make no sense here because they're all coming from the same plant, but they're all different flowers. It does not mm-hmm. make sense, but they all come from the same plant. It uh, reminds me, actually, of uh, this idea of grafting, in which uh, um, uh, a branch from a tree can be, under certain conditions, grafted onto another tree. And so you can end up with uh, some pretty freaky stuff, like uh, the tree that it... What was it? The There's like this one tree that it has... I don't know how many, like, grafted... Uh, branches onto it it essentially has fruit all year round and is like eternally it's like a one tree orchard and yeah it's it's beautiful to look at but it but what if we applied it to living beings and that's when we see the alligator and yeah even from the outside like yeah okay it's albino but it's recognizable as an alligator as soon as you 
as soon as it starts opening its mouth, and then when they open the mouth again to examine, the inside is completely different. It is this weird saw, weird fucking like a like a freaking food processor inside there. Like it's just yeah, teeth all around, teeth, teeth all around. It, it's disgusting. I. <laughs> oh yeah. It. It, it, it's so creepy. I I, I kind of love it. Ah, um, and uh, this is another thing. Um, right before the shack, uh, we have a flashback of Lena having an affair with Dan, the other teacher. Yes. And this is also another thing uh, to uh, keep in mind. In the first flashback, Lena and Kane are kind of like looking up at the sky and they can see the moon even though it's like daylight kane actually remarks upon this um and in this flashback in which lena has an affair with dan um besides some gratuitous uh, shots of uh, her back you know moving in rhythm um there's uh, also a shot of the moon so there's this idea of almost that there's this idea almost that um the moon is witness to uh, this act of uh, infili- infidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, almost immediately after having had sex with Dan, Lena is uh, showing like these uh, signs of like, we shouldn't have done this. This was a mistake. And uh, it's this strange thing in which she seems to be blaming Dan, which isn't like, great great it's not great dan isn't blaming her either like dan does not blame her but she is looking for somebody to blame for what she has just done so yeah she's dan specifically mentions that she spends more time waiting for kane to come back than actually spending time with kane when he like is off duty yeah um and um and base basically um um uh, like I, I i don't entirely know if this is explained but i but i don't know if this is fully explained maybe, maybe it is and i'm just and i'm just forgetting i'm wording this into my own thing um, this mission, this whole mission is because no one has come out. It's basically just a suicide mission. Yep. Um, and so this kind of works into that. Just kind of feels like she feels guilty about all this. And so it, this kind of serves as motivation for her going into this because like she cheated on her husband and kept trying to find a way to shift the blame and she feels guilty. So yeah. if she can just go in here and die, um, that's, that's basically good to her. It, yeah. I don't know if she's looking. Did, yeah, she's looking for some way to atone uh, for her mistakes, even though mm-hmm. she could move on, but she can't. The yes. pain just keeps her in place. Um, another note that I made that when uh, none of their equipment works, uh, the satellite shit doesn't work, even though they have, they should have excellent signal because there should be about 20 satellites orbiting 
over them right now. Um, yeah. Only the sun could be relied upon to give some kind of direction. And even the sun, the sun rays themselves, are influenced by the shimmer. As in, yeah. they look a bit distorted, and the sun glaring in the horizon isn't, like, white or only a warm, uh, natural color. It's, like, a distorted kind of, like, almost violet light for seconds. This rainbow shit. Um, mm -hmm. There is a consistent, specifically in this whole scene in the shack, there's a consistent uh, imagery of... A rainbow and of an oil slick the shack is abandoned it is like there's like it's like uh, it had it's like sunken into the into the swamp by about 45 degrees almost like that's how when uh, one of the when Cassie gets uh, like yanked back really suddenly um, she is like stuck in like the watery part of it doesn't matter um there's this idea that yeah. uh, one of the characters says that this uh, it's as if the uh, it's as if this uh, place can only duplicate or echo whatever enters or exists in it mm -hmm. and that leaves us and that leads us to where they get to uh fort amaya yes um yeah but be beforehand we basically just kind of tell us like what we already mentioned that's like who these characters are like they are but they, they specifically um mention um about ventress also that that no one really knows much about Ventress, but they do not have anybody in their life. No friends, no family, no yep. partner, no children, nothing. Ventress um, is described as having, or uh, as uh, allowing no concessions. Mm -hmm. She's extremely cerebral. Um, it's an odd thing. She's extremely cerebral, but at the same time is sometimes given to metaphors and uh, like more flowery like descriptions um yeah it's later it's also later revealed that uh she has cancer so mm -hmm. again with they the metaphor arrive at, <laughs> yeah they, they arrive at uh fort amaya um and there um there's um a bunch of mutations in the base um some of them are even uh like some of them are malignant, basically. They're they kind of feel like tumors breaking up throughout the base. There's um, a there's a lot of like a there's like lit there's like a lichen lichen, and uh, like and like fungi just cropping up all over the place. There's this idea of mold, like a very unnatural green yellow, almost like vomit. Yeah. Almost like. Um, uh, the colors of everything are just really yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Um, they, this, and well, yeah. Uh, while um while wandering around, um, they find a camera, um, in 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 the base, um, and this is when I think this is probably the scare the one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen, um, in just anything ever. It's a camera 
where um, they, they open up and turn it on, and it's a video of Kane and the rest of his crew. Mm-hmm. And it's and like... Something to, to note is that uh, Kane, in uh, this uh, like uh, short video, has an unkempt beard, his uh, like skin is filthy and bloody, his hair is ragged. Um, the Kane that... Um, that Lena sees at the beginning of the movie is well dressed, oh, has I like perfectly, perfectly slicked back hair, and just like clean as hell. Very. Groupy. I didn't even notice that. I thought you were just making a point, just being like, the uh, like, there's he's unkempt. He looks kind of sexy here. I didn't even realize that, like in the thing that, like, oh, oh wait, he's super he, like, sexy. Actually, looks different. He's oh, yeah. super sexy. <laughs> yeah, but, no uh, way. Yeah, yeah like one hundred percent. But yeah, um, and. There's someone filming in, and it's just like this. It's like dark, but there's just this bright light shining, and there, and and one of their team members is like pinned against a wall by one of the other team members, and Oscar Isaac pulls out a a knife and just starts cutting into his stomach, like making a rectangle in his mm-hmm. stomach, and that alone is already disgusting. Yeah, and then they because peel back the flesh. Yeah, because and, the and, other guy doesn't even really react. Yeah, he's grunting in no. pain, but he doesn't scream out or anything. He's just like he's just grunting in pain, and I feel like that can be even worse to a yeah than pure screaming because a lot of horror like screams you get desensitized to them. Uh, no, in this mm-hmm. one you are forced to suffer. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, they take off like the bit of flesh, and they and his intestines are moving around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if that's not already awful, oh yes. Uh, Kane puts his hand in and pulls one of them out, and it's still moving around his hand. Mm-hmm. And it is disgusting. And it boots the mind. Um, uh, intestinal intestinal parasites, snakes, mm-hmm. uh, and um, this also brings to mind the coiling of snakes and Ouroboros and Ouroboros. Yes, I don't know how you say it, but yeah, I I don't know what either. This is this is all you, but I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, um, um, the, the snake yeah. eating its own tail, kind of. Yes, gives that um, idea and. Um, and the recording uh, finishes with Kane, like it's it's actually really well done because there's basically a found footage film inside this horror movie. <laughs> yes, um, there's actually a couple, um, but yeah, the, like, yeah. And I think that that's the scariest part to me because it really just kind of s- makes this feel like a lot real. Like you're yeah. watching these people, and you s- not only that you're you're like like lena lena is watching like her husband after he came home and is just like basically just like desensitized and like coughing up blood Mm -hmm. and just like doesn't know how to speak she is watching him cut open some man and feeling around in in his insides yeah um um and gina rodriguez basically just turns up the camera like oh okay so yeah they went insane they're they're insane they went insane and just completely yeah. skipping over the fact that his insides are moving and when someone brings it up she's just like oh that was a trick of the light there's no way that's real 
when and she, I yeah, and she specifically brings off. up she specifically brings up that like as a paramedic she has seen a lot of fucked up shit, and she says, "No, yeah, your brain makes a shit like that up. Uh, it's a trick of the light." Um, and I, I, um, I in the moment was just like, um, I, I, I silly brought, but you like developed on a bit more, basically just being like trying to make excuses for things that you can't understand and that is like another big thing in this movie is just like it is just like inhuman horrors beyond our comprehension and we try to find any way we can to just kind of like it's, it's very lovecraftian oh yeah. just like we try to find some way to just like reason with it just like and f- same same way we try and find some way to reason with the negative the things that happen in our life like this like lena trying to reason with what happened with her husband and why she did what she did just trying to find some way to reason like this isn't what's actually happening like things are okay it's this isn't what's happening and not wanting to accept the truth of the matter that things are are just are incredibly fucked up right now yeah and after um, Anya uh, basically like shuts off the camera, they keep exploring the fort, and that's when we meet what I like to call the Flower Man, because yes. it is the it, it it's in like there's like this empty pool with uh, stagnated water and uh, stagnant water, and uh, there is one the lower half. Of a man on a chair fused to the wall behind him and everything else it's like an explosion went off but it's all glued in place by fungus uh, moss yes. and mushroom-like formations and you specifically see that the that the skull and the jaw are like split apart into Such this like a... horrific like it's like a mockery of a somebody screaming yeah it, yeah it is such a beautifully grotesque shot yeah um i i adore it um, oh yeah. it looks incredible um it gives the, and... and it also gives off the idea because of the same color usage and the like, look of the fungus and all that, it gives off the idea that there's also this like visual of like everything, all of the rot, all of the all of the lichen, like spreading outward from this guy's like corpse. So there's this idea yes. that he has that the rot within him has expanded. And is now infecting the entire building. Yeah, it's, it's. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. this idea of Fortamaya is all about rot. It's the dead and decay that is then reutilized as scaffolding for new life. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, this guy's probably dead, but you don't know that. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's life blooming there's life blooming from him oh yeah um like it if life um 
it's 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 it is just a circle of life like we we all like his his remains becoming something that you would see in nature and that it's like a reincarnation in some sense we all we never leave the earth really we all just sort of stay and come back in life form of of some kind and there's another bit that further reinforces it um later on and i love it yeah um Um, yeah they um there's an idea that is presented in this in this part specifically with uh, this uh, of uh, the soldier with the the flower man who uh, who was exactly the same soldier who Kane ripped open and had uh, the guts going around it's this idea that it it being the shimmer the change it causes or whatever it is already within you and that yes even now it is already too late for any of uh, the members of this expedition team like you're they're already doomed yes oh yeah <sighs> they spend um. the night in the in the fort amaya and uh, it's they set up like a, a watch cycle and all that it's nighttime ventress is uh, keeping watch lena wakes up in the middle of the night and she goes off to do chat with Ventress about something. While they're chatting, there's only the, there's only the warm light that Ventress is holding, and nothing else. Ventress is consistently portrayed with this idea of her holding a lamp or holding light, um, but not necessarily in like a benevolent way. I don't know how to say this, um, but yeah. Um, well, while the two of them are talking in the middle of the dark, there's a sudden screaming, and there's this, um, there's a sudden screaming, because they notice that oh hey, there's a fence here, uh, there's a hole in it now, um, and yeah. Cass is taken by something that seems to be a bear, just. And yeah. it happens Fuck. as quickly as uh, it uh, disappears. Like, you mm. don't get a good look at it. It just vanishes. Yeah. Just drags An- her along and gone. Yeah. Another um, another thing that they that they mention is another thing that just kind of reinforces, like, some things that are... Um, they specifically... They talk about, like, the mission. Um, this is before the bear. And uh, Lena asks... Lane asks Ventress why, uh, like, why Kane, uh, um, like, went on the mission. And Ventress suggests that Kane went on the mission for some self-destructive reasons. Hmm. Um, uh, which she specifically, which she says is something that is hardwired into human DNA. Um, this idea that, um, we, we have idea of that at some point all humans will lose control and find themselves doing things that they wouldn't normally normally do um and that kind of is different from who they are um and just and and reinforce um a bit more of this too but yeah they um then the bear happens and um in the in the morning um 
they um, they proceed to the forest uh, further to the lighthouse, and um, uh, Lena Lena finds a uh, shepherd's shoe and um, and um, try, goes up to try and yeah, find Shepard. She splits off from the group to uh, kind of investigate. Um, Anya wants to go with her, but in but Lena insists on going alone. Anya already has a bit of a kind of has like a bitter expression. So, uh oh. And uh, Anya does not seem to be holding up very well. Um, this definitely won't come back uh, to bite us in the ass later. Um, yeah, or, or to bite you in the jaw later. Lena, uh, um, <laughs> Le- so she goes off to investigate. Um, at this point, um, Anya was already like giving the idea of, hey, we should turn back. We should turn back. We yeah. should go back right now. And Ventress, who doesn't really care, is basically saying, look, I'm just going to go. You can catch up whenever you want. And she just fucking leaves. <laughs> yeah, she just goes on ahead. She just goes. Like, okay. Um, um, yeah. Um, and then Lena convinces um, Josie and Anya to continue the, tra- the traveling. With the logic that if they reach the lighthouse, then they'll be on the coast, and then they just have to follow the coastline, and they'll eventually get out of the Shimmer's um, sphere of influence. Yes. Um, doesn't, um, also doesn't, don't they, because don't they, um, doesn't Lena f- just come back after she finds a shepherd's body? Or am oh, I, yeah. Or am I completely, um, yeah. There are there are several things in the, that synopsis that are not uh, <laughs> that are not accurate. Um, the baritone, while Lena is looking around for is looking around for um, Cassie's body, she comes across a, what appears to be a single a doe, as in a female stag, a deer. Yes. Um, she sees only one. And then it seems to split into two. It's unknown whether it's a trick of perspective or if the single doe actually became two. One doe is pure white with flowers in its in plate with a flowering uh, uh, branches instead of uh, uh, horns. The other is mottled brown with bare sticks instead of horns. Yes. And they both move in exactly the same way. Just barely, just a, like a half, a quarter of a second of a, like difference in their movements. They echo each other perfectly. They are mirrored. Um, mm-hmm. Cassie, yeah. Cassie is found by Lena. Um, she is dead as hell. And she mm-hmm. is found almost like in a resting position, almost at the base of a tree. And it's a very beautiful shot for something that is, quite frankly, horrific. But mm-hmm. it, it gives off this strange idea of peace, almost. 
And yeah. Cassie is essentially like Lena sees the body, confirms that yep, that's that's Cassie, and she just goes on back to the group, and they keep on moving. Yep. Um, they um. They continue walking, and they find um a house, and outside of it, there are tons and tons of plant plant-like structures are just plant, that are plant structures that um look like bodies they look like standing humans mm-hmm. um and um and um rat uh radic um uh, i feel like i should just call it um josie uh specifically um begins to theorize um that the shimmer is uh trying to is like scrambling around dna and trying to reform life which is why um all the animals and the plants are so different and human and also like the plants can look like humans or they're like human plants it's scrambling all of the dna together oh yeah um in some attempt to i would assume some attempt to create some form of life but because there is so much it's hard they it's it's just been morphing in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Um, the specific phrase is uh, this idea that the shimmer does not outright destroy things. It refracts things. Yes. Not, it, And that extends to everything. DNA, radio waves, thoughts, your mind, your inner body... And there is, um, here we go, Um, I'm going through my notes again, Mm -hmm. not obliterated, refracted, and while they're setting up camp, there's this sense of a very quiet loss of control. Ventress no longer has any kind of professional, uh, like, professional, like, control over the situation as she used to uh anya is not coping with the situation josie is the only one that seems to be like at peace and she seems uh, almost uh, pleased to uh, see uh, the to figure out the shimmer um uh uh uh, uh. Here we have a flashback, and we are informed that this affair, that the affair that Lena had with Dan, happened before the assignment that Kane was sent off on. Kane was sent off on multiple yeah. assignments, but the affair happened before this one. And so, affair was before Kane was reputed as K- uh, KIA, killed in action. Um, and there's this idea that Kane may have already known about the affair in some degree. Um, so, they go to sleep, but they're also suddenly woken up by Anya, who has lost her fucking marbles yes 
I'm handing over the baton. Uh, the sp- I'm, a sp- I'm handing you the speaking stick. <laughs> yes, I'm grabbing the speaking stick. Um, she um knocks everyone out, and um um and Lena wakes up and uh finds uh and is tight and um her um Josie and Ventress are um tied to ch- are uh, tied to chairs and um and on An- and Anya starts um of of starts um talking about um and it starts talking about like paranoia and um and uh suggests that uh Lena um killed Shepard um and that everyone's just kind of going going insane and then threatens to and then she she starts like being scared like like she feels something is inside of her and that like she feels and like this she's like I want to cut it out but then then instead says well maybe I don't have to do it to myself but I could do it to one of you guys and so she threatens to uh cut them open and then um and then you just hear Shepard crying out for help in the background. Mm-hmm. Cassie just screaming for help in the background. Anya it's such immediately, a horrifying sound. Absolutely. Anya immediately stops. She, she's like seconds away from cutting into a, a who's, uh, I think she was about Lena, to, cut I to Lena. Um, it's either Lena or Josie, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, also, funny little thing, uh, the order in which uh, they're seated is uh, Josie, Lena, um, Ventress, and what does that give you? You have Josie, who, yeah, is a physicist, but is very emotional, very artistic, very articulate about her feelings. Um, Ventress, the psychologist, who is cold, calculating, and all that, and you have Lena in the middle. The one who combines those two elements to a certain degree. Um, Anya also another thing that fuels uh, uh, Anya's uh, like doubts and suspicions is that um, is that she found out that the locket that uh, Lena had around yes, her neck yes. had Kane, Kane. The same individual who she just a little while ago, at least from her perspective, was tearing open a man to look at his intestines. Yup. So, oh boy. And Lena had given the impression that she had no idea about anything about the expedition. So, Anya now has this idea. Hey, Lena's a fucking liar. And that is what kind of like allows her to justify it to herself allows her to justify what she's doing like yes hey, you're a liar so i have to protect myself if if another, we, if our positions were switched about... you would absolutely be cutting open my uh, stomach which maybe yeah. wouldn't happen but we don't know maybe yeah, it would just another thing of trying to find some way to cope and think of some way to justify what you're doing um, um, but, um, yeah, the, um, uh, but yeah, basically, um, 
Uh, Anya runs out. Anya runs out to answer what... the call of Cassie. Yes. I don't entirely remember what happens. Um, there's this sudden... If she... There's like a sudden crunch. There's like a yes. crunching, a biting sound. And then we start to hear this these heavy fucking footsteps enter the house and through it you can still hear cassie screaming for help and her screams are like inter it's like it's like it's like warped in with like it's the bear it's it's the bear um it's warped in with like the growls of the bear and it is terrifying and the bear also has um its head um is like the rest of its body looks like a bear but its head is just the skull of yeah. the bear it's like um, a solid three quarters of the of the bear's face is just ripped off chunks of flesh and the left side of the face is just like exposed bone and and there is one human eye one human baby blue eye exact it's same so color as cassie scary it is so scary it's so uh and she um, and, and she lumbers forward very slowly getting like closer to uh, lena and lena josie and Ventress all have their backs to this bear and they're all staying as still as they possibly can to not um agitate it and this monstrosity just approaches and is still screaming for help and at one point gets like sneak like uh, approaches its head between them and it starts like screaming help yeah me me like it's demanding please fucking help me and they can't do anything and they are staying completely still and it's almost as if she wants them to recognize her existence but they are terrified and this is when anya comes around she has a freaking gun in her hand a pretty big fucking gun that she picked up at Fort Amaya and Anya is already like limping but she just lights that fucker up unfortunately it's a fucking bear so it tears into Anya (laughs) it yeah she tries to escape and like tries to climb up the stairs but then the bear like pulls her down she's screaming the rest of them are trying to escape um and the bear specifically it like Pummels into Anya and then bites into her face and tears off her jaw. In like yeah, one just just like punches off her jaw in almost a very in a way that is very reminiscent of the Flower Man. Yeah, it is such a creepy shot. Um, it is always it has always stuck with me. Oh yeah. like before watch I'd seen this movie a few times, but before like going back. And watch it like second time. That was like one of the main shots that I remember. And like, yeah, specifically like looking at the flower man and noticing that. Yeah. Um, um, and, uh, from this, um, I think it's Lena 
that grabs a gun and is able to finish off the bear, which collapses. Um, and then uh, it's just like the bear is dead, Anya is dead, <laughs> Lena, Josie, and uh, Ventress just kind of stagger out one by one. They either fall asleep, they rest, or some or something. Uh, I think that Ventress just fucking leaves outright. Yeah, Ventress just Ventress just says we're all infected. We're all coming closer and closer to losing it. So I'm going right now to the lighthouse. You're all welcome to catch up. Um, I don't know. Good luck, I guess. You're probably gonna die. Um, And Josie and Lena are left behind in this like abandoned village with and the flower beings yeah and there's this, this like, scene this is the yeah. this is the scene and that Josie, I to talk and Josie about. says something that is very interesting in which she's like reflecting and mourning the second death of Cassie yeah because she feels this what is this the word that I wrote down yeah this idea of haunting that the bear, while it was killing Cassie, was in some way integrating those last desperate moments of Cassie into itself. And there's this idea of haunting and losing what you wish to keep. Yes. Instead of instead of, it is not a peaceful transition from life to death. It is an, it is a staggered one. Cassie's body went, but her spirit lived in a sense lived on through the bear, and even that is not completely gone. There's yeah. this idea that. What remained of Cassie was not a person. It was all the fear, all the anger all the sorrow that she didn't want others to see. Mm -hmm. And um, while explaining this, um, I forget, because I forget a lot of the words that she was saying. I just, it's just the visuals of it all is really what makes me adore this scene. Oh, Um, yeah. Josie says uh, the uh, dialogue is something along the lines of, Ventress wants to um what's the what's the word what's the word Ventress wants to know it um Ventress wants to solve it you as in Lena want to kill it but I don't want to do either of those things yes um and this whole time she there's like plant life and like roots growing out of her body like out of her arms and um she and eventually when she's been talking she just stands up and just walks into the woods yeah you can you can even see like beneath her shirt you can see like flowers start to bloom and poke out almost through the shirt yeah and it's so, yeah. such a beautiful 
it's such a beautiful scene. I this is this is the thing that I want to talk about so much, and like it finding death is not is not the end. Um, is not the, and um, there's there's this sense throughout the movie that um with like everything like that death is not the end and we all go back to the earth in some form or fashion we never tr actually die and and um and uh Josie um is just straight up like that's straight like you see that happen you see her become plant life you see her like become nature going and and we can I don't, I don't remember if we actually see it but we can assume that she becomes one of the uh plants structures that is shaped like people mm -hmm. and she she's returning to the earth and in some form of life and with and which um and it's perhaps her, which yeah and it's perhaps yeah. one of the most horrifying th things about that scene is that lena is trying to catch up with uh, Josie, but any time that she seems to be getting closer, Josie is just out of sight. And yeah. every time that she sees her, Josie is like, we don't even see her face, you just see like the, the, sh the shoes as she's moving away, or her back as she's moving away. You, pr you see less and less of Josie, the further away she gets, it, and it kind of relates um, to yeah, that. I think Josie was. I, I think it kind of relates to Josie being suicidal. Oh yeah, and basically just being like, like we're not gonna get out of here. I'm already becoming this. My I'm my time is basically up, and so the further and so the closer Lena tries to get the fur to like help her, the further she is. Yeah. Um, from her and, and the, the further, thing that further she gets yeah and the most horrifying thing at least to me is that when lena like finally follows josie and emerges into an open area it's not just one plant flower structure there are several and she can't yeah. tell which used to be josie yeah any one of them could have been her such a it's such both a beautiful scene and yet a heartbreaking scene yeah it i love this scene so much it just there's so much to it and it, it it's it's oh gosh i it is yeah. probably the most like emotion-based thing i have on this film yes yeah. this entire scene yeah um and we get a we get a title card yeah. that um for a completely different movie um this movie act they, they get a title <laughs> card for the lighthouse and then it opens we see a four by three shot of the ocean as <sighs> shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> no no um but um and we Lena uh, approaches uh the lighthouse um um like she finds the lighthouse and. Oh my god. In this while walking to, even before entering the lighthouse all around it this is uh, the you see the coast the waves 
are lapping gently against the shore. The waves are seem to be ordinary, but you see these bizarre crystalline crystalline formations that look like glass trees sprouting from the sand it gives this idea of like uh, lightning striking and turning sand to glass but it's like one step further sand turned into glass which sprang forward and bloomed into these bizarre trees Mm-hmm. And also, uh, yeah, I'm backtracking. This whole uh, this whole <laughs> podcast, I think, is about backtracking, basically. No, yeah, um, it's because there's a lot happening in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot that yeah, like, yeah, there yeah. is to talk about. And that's why I think this was such a good like episode to do, because, yeah, like there's a lot to discuss here and a lot to Absolutely. unpack. Um, again, with the cancer metaphor, um, what you described of uh, Lena losing Josie to the point that Josie is no longer recognizable. You can uh, draw parallels between that with um, chemotherapy, um, laser uh, laser treatment, but also, not necessarily, this isn't exclusive to the cancer metaphor, you can read that as a metaphor for dementia, in which Mm -hmm. the person that you used to know is slowly being lost. Dementia, Alzheimer's, and uh, it's yeah but this there's this uh, consistent idea of like the inevitable and the inevitable just coming whether you want you, whether you're ready whether you can accept it whether you're going to fight it whatever it is coming and mm-hmm. uh, so the lighthouse yes um, what does Lena, <laughs> Lucy? What does Lena see when she enters the lighthouse? Oh, there's a, uh, yeah. She um she walks in the lighthouse, and there is just the, a charred skeleton seen against the wall. And if I remember correctly, the back like it's just the skeleton. There's no damage to the wall, if I remember correctly. Um. It, no, oh, the wall. The, there's up. like a. There's like a. Um, there is damage to the wall. There, there is okay. There's like. There, or not. There's like a. It's like a, the skeleton exploded. Yes. And it's just like, and it's scattered like. Mm-hmm. Black. I guess. Yeah, I think, I think just I I tried to see what I what I wanted to see with that, but there is. But specifically, there's that, and there is a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a camera at. on a tripod, even, that is pointed yeah. at the dead body. And uh, Lena watches it, and it's a video of Kane sitting in that exact same position, and he's holding a grenade. Um, um, they... Um, uh, there's someone talking behind the camera, but you can't really understand what they're saying. Kane starts talking. Uh, he starts mentioning he has no idea if he really is Kane or not. He does, His whole reality is just warped. Um, his sense and... of time, his uh, mind, he uh, himself mentions that he can feel it, the change having already run its course through him. And 
he is just settling in. He's sitting down, holding this fo white phosphorus grenade in his hand. And before he pops it, he tells the other behind the camera that if uh, he finds a Lena, then uh, what was it he said? I think to take care of her, I think. Yeah. Take care of and Lena. Pulls, and pulls the pin and the grenade blows up. And who else walks out from the camera but the but the cane that we saw it's the copy the, cane it's the copy cane and uh this time i think that this uh, copy cane looks exactly exactly as kane looked the last time that lena saw him yeah um because the cane that we see um detonating the grenade is still dressed in like military fatigues he's dirty he's mm -hmm. uh, disheveled he's got a like a scruffy beard um and he like and he seems to be almost he seems to be almost friendly with this copy of himself he just yeah. says hey take care of lena if you find her you ever seen a white phosphorus grenade go off you might want to cover your eyes. <laughs> like, yeah, it's this bizarre thing in which Kane couldn't process what was happening, but he seemed to accept it in mm -hmm. a very gentle way and that he did not know what this copy was really or what it wanted even. But he understood that he could not continue existing as he was. And uh, Lena um, fetches further into the lighthouse, and um, and oh, um, uh, who else does she find? Uh, perhaps maybe uh, Ventress, mm -hmm. whose uh, face is all messed up. Her face, uh, Ventress's and... face is just like melted over, like wax. Yeah, um, and then starts um, going on a monologue about what the shimmer is and what it's preparing for and um um and it, and specifically says um that's preparing for an annihilation and then ventures body basically like a bunch of it does it like a bunch of light if i remember like goes into or like shoots out of it and then just implodes into like this, uh, like a black hole of some kind that really isn't sucking anything. It's just a constantly morphing and moving hole. Yeah. That is just... It is a... Ventress has this whole dialogue in which she is basically... It's like her complete break from reality. And she's just, uh, like, ranting, honestly. Going on about how it doesn't really... It doesn't hate like going on that the shimmer doesn't hate or it doesn't care because it doesn't really know how to it is completely unlike anything on earth completely unlike any kind of existence that we know and that's all of reality is going to be forever changed or destroyed by it and 
yeah, Ventress just says, Annihilation? And it's as though she just self-immolates into this yeah. burst of light. And it's like, it's basically, a, it's like a, a cosmic god entity emerges from Ventress, consumes her completely, and then shifts its focus towards Lena. And there is this moment in which Lena can only stare transfixed at this black hole, this new galaxy being formed. And there is just a tiny bit of like magnetism or gravity that drags just one drop of Lena's blood towards the black hole. And as soon as it enters, like, the core, you see the cells start to multiply, start to multiply, start to multiply. 1 becomes 2, becomes 4, becomes 8, becomes 16, becomes 32, becomes 64, becomes 100 and so. And, Lucy, what is standing there? Um, just this metallic-looking humanoid being um and the music is so scary in this part um i love the music here um but um it's the music itself like sounds like itself sounds like it's imploding like it it's just a bunch of inhuman noises that are warping and moving and it's terrifying and um, this and this humanoid being, um, it mimics every single one of Lena's movements. Like Lena hits it, and then it hits her back. Um, um, and Lena runs away. Just, it runs after her. Yep, and um, it can t- it just mimics her all around it, and it's very creepy. And then it slowly starts to form into her like her face starts to yeah make its her, way onto yeah. it at the, at first her initial reaction upon seeing this human mockery is to shoot at it when she sees it and bullets have no effect whatsoever they like a single shot seems to like go through this copy and just is followed and it, it just like trails out like a thread and yeah. it, it then just solidifies its part of the body and then it just retracts back into the metallic thing and it just it doesn't seem to have any kind of conscience of its own it just copies it mimics it reflects it only copies what Lena does. So when she acts aggressively, it responds aggressively. And when she is hurt, it is also hurt. And so, just as Lucy said, there comes a point in which this copy being is very slowly shifting its features to resemble Lena. The face is like this abstract mound of flesh which 
gradually grows like hollow eyes and then it's very gradually filled in with hair details eyes and they mirror each other lena yeah. steps lena comes up with a plan to escape almost and she goes over she picks up one of the white phosphorus grenades she approaches the being there's this almost like ceremonial feeling as she gives this being the phosphorus grenade and like places it in its hands gently and then she pulls the thing and it's like you can you can see her counting yeah. inside her head like one two three four and she just books it she runs out of the lighthouse she slams the door shut behind her and this and the humanoid just kind of like looks just looks as uh, it, she runs away and it it just stares almost with sadness yeah and then the grenade goes off it and doesn't it in flame. and it doesn't die outright no it's it's like a lie it like like I, I think like even when it like when it, it tries to leave the lighthouse while it's on fire and the rest of the lighthouse like goes up in flames along with it mm-hmm um and and um, it just it stumbles back into the depths of the lighthouse into the impact zone of the meteor and it is this entrancing it is quite frankly a visual marvel like this whole movie but this particular sequence is insane um and i actually wrote something here the mycelium burns this grand bizarre metallic thing that was lurking beneath the lighthouse burns it just burns the ashes start to rise and scatter the glass trees that had sprung up along the coastline begin to melt collapse shatter and just break into nothing and lena can only stare at the fire as it continues raging on um yeah uh, the, 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 uh... and now we get like a flashback we don't get a flashback actually we get a flash forward to the scientist uh lomax i think back at the beginning at the yeah. beginning lomax lomax back at the beginning yeah. where lena um, is the... sitting in the chair and now we can notice that one of her eyes is blue just like cassie's before and before lena just had green eyes um so one of the eyes of uh, lena is now blue just like cassie's and she has a tattoo on her um on her forearm that is of an of the snake eating its own tail which was the tattoo that anya had and yes. so um 
She has. Uh, Lomax also specifically mentions that uh, the shimmer's gone. Yeah. Now. Like it disappeared. And even with all the shock, Lomax has not been through the horrors that Lena has. And so his first instinct when Lena confirms that there's like possibly it was extra- extraterrestrial, he goes, It was extraterrestrial. Was it carbon-based? And it's this... And it's almost funny that he's asking this. And in any other story that is like hard sci-fi alien encounter, this would be like a completely normal kind of a question to ask. Um, And here it's like, does it matter? Yeah. Does it really matter what it was? You... It's so hard to tell what it is specifically. Um, I wrote something down here as well. Nothing comes back once it is swallowed by the shimmer. Nothing can escape. Not really. Like a thread eternally being split until nothing remains. All we can see is how it is split how it is broken, how it detonates. It is in the air, it is the sun, it is a black hole. It is unbound by causality. Or perhaps it is nothing but causality. Infinite evolution, infinitely progressing, transforming, life continuing despite logic, forcing itself to survive. Um, and so this, uh, the scientist says, oh yeah, now the shimmer is gone. Um, and also Kane, the copy Kane is like, he's fine now, actually. Um, yeah. And so you see Lena and Kane approach one another and the song that we were listening, that we could hear, uh, earlier on. Took the same Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young song. Yeah, the same. They are one person. They are two together. That starts playing as they ask each other. Like, Lena asks the copy, are you Kane? And he says, I don't think so. He finally... He asks, are you Lena? And she doesn't respond. Yeah. He finally says something other than, I don't know. He doesn't think so. Um, Yeah. And here's what I wrote down. Um, Yeah. The uh, scientists have continued their desperate search for meaning in the chaos of creation and destruction. The Shimmer did not die. It only changed. It lives on through this copy cane and... Well, Lena. quotation marks, Lena. Yeah, because the final shot of the movie is them embracing in um, both of their eyes, uh, the co- their irises um, like start to morph and, they, and the colors change. Yeah, um, and it's just like the shimmer changing colors like a roof, like a, like a kaleidoscope. Yes. Um, yeah, the, the shimmer... Like, if not dead, it 
because Lena destroyed it and made it out, um, a copy of the Shimmer made made it out being Kane, and also with the Shimmer being destroyed, it lives on now in the form of Lena. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, now, and after that, that's when the movie ends. Just credits roll there. Credits roll, and it's actually a very nice uh, credit sequence. Yeah. So yeah. The same music as the scene at the lighthouse, as like a bunch of like. Oh yeah. Morphing stuff. It's like a whale song. Yeah, it is. This movie is so good. There's so much to say about it. And I still feel like even with this podcast, I couldn't quite get the words out I want to, but I'm so glad that you were here because you were able to word everything in such a ele- elegant way and it was wonderful. Also, um, I can, I, can I, pro- I, I have the benefit of having written down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, you do. And so I, and I, we're not just going over the synopsis. <laughs> yep, I'm so glad that because other than the yes, yeah. Thank you so much for no, absolutely. Um, wanting to do this. Um, yeah. And yeah, um, maybe I'd love to have you on another time. Maybe maybe with the rest of maybe with the rest of the game that would be that would be fun. Oh yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, um, is there um, any any final words you want to say? Anything you want to promote? Um, uh, people, places where people can follow you. Hmm. Um, final words to say? Shit. Um, basically. The whole, this is my take at least, the whole movie about of Annihilation is what do humans do in the face of absolute, of a horrific, destructive, or cataclysmic event that they have no control over? Some of them will probably be unable to keep up with it and they will be destroyed by it. Some of them yeah. will lose their minds because of it and self-destruct or endanger other humans who are trying to survive. Some of them may accept that fate. Some of them may even become like doomsayers. And some of them will survive. Just not yeah. as the people that they used to be. Lena survives. Kane survives. She is not herself. She may not be the Lena that we knew at the beginning of the movie, but she is still Lena in some way. She is still alive. And the Shimmer lives on through her. It is not good. It is not evil. It cannot do evil because it does not know what evil even is. It is simply itself. It is simply itself. The Shimmer is life, completely uncontrolled, without logic, just growing, evolving, adapting. It could not survive as this growing mass of of spatial distortion. And so it now lives on through this vessel, these two vessels. And from them, perhaps something new will form. But that's all we get to know. Um, That's just the theory. And of course, because I'm a 
because hey did you did you did you, did you know that I'm actually like um, um, I'm, you could say that I'm something of a you could say that I'm something of a left-leaning individual um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah the shimmer has color yeah. the shimmer is color it is variation things are allowed to die or grow or age in the shimmer they don't disappear forever and yet they do and yet they grow and yet they decay it is chaos without any kind of control nature yeah. the shimmer it all has color but all the spaces of uh, the southern uh, um the uh, the southern uh, reach border whatever the fuck yes um all of the their environments are sterile white chrome there is an absence of life and color there and lena this is a callback to the beginning of the movie when lena is painting the room that she once shared with kane and then also shared with dan in her affair the room was used to be green and at the beginning of the movie she's trying to paint them over with white she's trying to erase strip trying to strip all life from it exactly it is essentially a movie about coping with loss moving past it and in some way accepting that that pain that trauma will never truly disappear Every, and maybe yeah, everything stays with you everything for remains better, for worse. everything remains it's like have you ever heard about um have you ever heard about uh what's the word ah i'm i'm blanking on the word but there's this thing that um there's this thing that uh clock makers do with like antique clocks in that restoration in restoration yeah in that all clocks have a sort of uh, they all have tiny 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 like scrapes and uh, like dents and uh, little lines of uh, like rust or whatever or corrosion yes. and all of those marks are almost imperceptible but every single time that somebody opens up the clock to fix it for any reason another mark is formed and that mark never really goes away there's nothing you can do to get rid of them you can you can, you can restore it patch it paint it up it's always going to be there it's always built in yeah it and so the question yeah. no longer becomes one of can you escape it because you cannot you cannot escape the shimmer it's life the yeah. chaos of everything it becomes how you can live with it exactly some people can't but the idea is that ideally well you can and how well lena finds uh, her reason in pure defiance she simply refuses to accept the shimmer she does not befriend this humanoid copy she does not accept that it and herself could coexist she refuses it outright she destroys it 
completely. Both, mm -hmm. and not just in a literal sense, because if it was only in a literal sense, then her shooting her gun at it would work. No, she abuses its trust to destroy it from the inside. Yes. And in the end, she doesn't really... I wouldn't really say that she even kills it or that she wins. She just survives. And that's what the Shimmer is all about. Survival. So she won? Cool. She gets to be the Shimmer now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, final words though. Uh, yeah. I was... Uh, yeah. It was a lot of fun to watch a movie. It was a lot of fun to make this uh, uh, podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really want to uh, thank uh, Lucy for uh, letting me come on. Um, yeah. Uh, Horse for Horror. Um, when are we doing uh, the Horse for Horror Alien podcast? When? Um. <laughs> God. Whenever I get the. Ch I, I, I feel like we're going to need it because we've done like, quite a few alien movies. But oh my gosh, sometime soon. Um, yeah. We. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I just want to give a few final final words, um, specifically just about like the podcast. Like I mentioned this on Twitter, but yeah, we're w no way this is done. We're continuing going. Everyone's just been a bit busy. Um, we have a few episodes planned out for movies that we want to do. Um, I from what I was talking with Tabs, um, I go, um. They are going to be finishing up uh, school, which should be in about a month. So in about a month, they should be about free, which means we'll have time to sit down and record and do some stuff. So the, I, I want to release stuff in the meantime. But yeah, hopefully we should be back to like making stuff semi-normally within a month. We have some movies planned. I'm very excited. And yeah, eventually we will get to eventually we'll get to Alien. I'm going to make it happen. Um, but yeah, um, thank you all so much for listening uh stay tuned for what we got next i'm very excited absolutely um, you um you want to promote anything any place where people can follow you uh you can find me on uh, twitter at uh nuclear heart it's it's uh, nuclear h r h a r d t um i don't, don't ask me what, where that came up from um I, I just retwitched shit over there. Um, ideally, at some point in the future, I should be posting my art and shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and also, you could say that uh, you could say that um, you could you you could say that um, you you could say that uh, Lena was in a situation in which there was a a a, 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 a imposter. Among her crew. <laughs> <laughs> Emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. <laughs> Why does every single every single episode of the show we talk about Among Us? <laughs> Yo, I love the part. Never of, I love the part of the, I love the part of the movie in which Lena totally morbs all over. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this, the 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 um that just the, the whole like see where they're all tied up that's the that's 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 it 
the interrogation. That's the that's the that's the that's the emergency meeting. Yeah, yeah. Who's been sussing the it's... shimmer? <laughs> the researcher just walks up and is like, "Lena, we've heard that you've been acting a bit sus lately. What do you have to say for yourself?" And she just smiles and goes like, huh, "You think that I was the one being sus?" <laughs> Follow horse for horror on Twitter. Follow horse for horror. Follow horse for horror on Twitter at horse the number four in horror. Um, and yeah, um, fine. Um, you can listen to this podcast wherever you want. Um, and yeah, listen to the other three, three episodes. The other those other three episodes are very fun. We'll have more out for you soon. Um, I I believe the theme that we're going to be doing is slashers. So we have we each have a slasher film that we picked out. Yeah. Um. I posted a little hint a while ago on the Twitter as to what they may be. I don't know if they'll be the same, but I assume that they will be. But yeah, stay Anni- tuned Anni- for that. Annihilation does not fit within the slasher category, but you know what? Fuck it. Genre does is not a thing. It's not real. Genre is not a thing. It's not real. Um. But yeah. Um. Thank you so much for listening. Um. To this podcast. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you. We'll. And I will, I will see you next time. Lucy will see you. I I perhaps may in the future. It is undecided. Um, um, I will be, I will be seeing you. Otto will be living in your walls. Goodbye. I will be in your walls. That is a service that I provide.